Hello and welcome back to the Leader of the Pack podcast. I am your friend and confidant, Marcelo, and I will be here with you as we share some wisdom, insight, and laughter in today's world. Guys, I am super excited to have here today this amazing guest. This man I have had the privilege to know over the couple last couple of years. And um, well, let's just get right into it. So it's my honor to introduce to you Carl Fruchon, Colonel U.S. Air Force retired. Sir, welcome to the podcast. Marcelo, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate the honor and the opportunity to be here with uh, you all and, and talk about Leader of the Pack. It's so interesting. Like you and I have a relationship before Leader of the Pack actually ever existed. You know, your wife and um, your, your wife's children were, was in my wife's previous business in our theater company. Um, so I knew you as just a man, right? This was, I think, before I recognized that you were a retired Air Force colonel, before I realized that you were this amazing leader that I know you to be now. So it's very interesting. I'm really looking forward to finding out um, more of, of your insight from this perspective. So um, let's get right into it really quick here. Because you're a retired Air Force colonel, I would assume being a layman, I would assume that you know a thing or two about leadership. Can you kind of reflect a little bit of, of what you have been taught leadership between your schooling um, and actually being out in the field? Um, what have you been taught about leadership in relation to commanding your troops, commanding your forces, and how leader of the pack has, has been able to utilize some of those skills and, and how leader of the pack has touched on some of those skills. Sure, Marcelo. Um, first off, I want to state uh, that uh, um, being a retired colonel doesn't necessarily uh, mean that I have any more uh, or less uh, leadership uh, skills than anybody else out there. Uh, leadership is um, it's an asset, it's a skill, it's something we get blessed with, it's something we learn and develop throughout our lives. Whether uh, in a business, because you could be a CEO of a corporation, uh, you could be uh, the most humblest of servant in a, in a church, you can be uh, leading your family. Uh, leadership is a uh, qualities that we all have, and it really takes sharpening those skills uh, to become better at them. And I, yes, the military trains us to be uh, leaders in specific kinds of scenarios and for specific purposes and reasons. And, um, and they're different than, than most traditional uh, jobs and skills. Um, I, I will give you that. But uh, it doesn't make us any, any better leaders necessarily than uh, many folks that are out out there in the rest of society. So I wanted to make sure that that point was, was pretty clear. That's an awesome take. Let me pause you there. Just because you're in the military, just because, you know, you may be quote unquote decorated or have so many um, tours of duty, right? It doesn't necessarily make you a better leader. Um, let's talk about that a little more. So then if that doesn't, if being in the military and all of these other things doesn't make you a better leader, what does make you a better leader? Because you're an amazing leader. I know what you do for a living. You know, the, the, the public out there doesn't know. But I know that you do things that um, I'm in awe of every day. The, the things that you've accomplished, I'm in awe of. And, and I hope some episodes down the line we could talk about that. What makes a good leader? One of the 
one of the most important skills of being a good leader is uh, developing good relationships. You got to develop relationship with your subordinates. You got to de develop relationships with your superiors um, uh, and your peers as well. Um, uh, that's a skill that really is uh, quintessential for for any job, any any uh, any position that you happen to be in. Uh, but especially so in the military. Um, the other the other skill related to that is being able to uh, solve problems. And we all have to learn how to solve problems, but um, yeah, right. Uh, what we like to say is you're always working to solve your boss's boss's problems. And uh, if you can balance the the day to day pool that is uh, that is on you, the 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 millions of tasks and the decisions that are flying at you, and and you're maintaining the relationships and you're working those skill sets and you're also solving your boss's boss's problems. Um, you end up getting recognized and you end up getting promoted throughout uh, that that process. Um, and it's interesting because there, there are times that I was really successful at doing it and there were times that I really sucked, frankly, <laughs> at doing it. Um, and you you actually learn in the times that you suck at doing it too. <laughs> and you also, you also learn a lot about leadership from poor leaders. Um, that's uh, that's pretty interesting uh, take on that. That's so interesting that you said that. Recently, I was listening to a podcast from Jocko, uh, Jocko Wilnick, who shared pretty much the same thing. You know, um, you learn you learn the most about leadership from crappy leaders. You know, it's it's from from having those leaders that that fall short that gives gives you an opportunity to um, to recognize how you can strive to do better. You know. Um, I definitely can relate with uh, learning from when you screw up. That is by far something that I have learned the hard way. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all right. So one thing that you brought up, which I thought was a really powerful point, was good leadership comes from taking care of your boss's boss's problems. Can you share any tidbits or insight as to how to have that 30,000 foot level um, and see where those problems may arise while still focusing on your task at hand. I know sometimes I talk to guys that are worried about that 30,000 foot level and they're so worried about being out here that they forget to do with their daily tasks. They forget to keep that momentum moving. Have you learned anything in the, in the decades of, of your life that you have, that you could share with us that'll help us really focus on both aspects, nailing those things that we gotta do every day to keep us moving forward but also being able to step back and see that 30,000 foot level and recognize that my boss's boss is going to fall here. So I'm going to have an answer for him when he does. It really comes down to honor and respect uh, and not promoting your own agenda. When you are focused on internally on your own stuff, uh, and you're driving decisions and you're taking action driven based on them, you're going to drive people away. Um, the leaders and the followers. And, um, and we, we talk about situational awareness uh, in the military a lot. You know, you, you, need, you need a brotherhood that has your back, that's looking around at your blind spots, that's, that's helping you to become a, a good leader, that is supporting you in this. 
And when you, when you develop those skills and that situational awareness and, you, and an understanding of what's going on and the challenges uh, and the tasks that, that your, your boss or your boss's boss has, because uh, everybody has a boss. You gotta think about that. Everybody has a boss. And you, th and you also have to put in perspective that uh, you've got your own stuff and you feel like, oh my gosh, I might be overwhelmed at my own stuff. And then you take a think of your boss is that much closer to the top of the organization and they're getting barraged 10 times more than you are. And so their problems are even greater than that. And oftentimes as, as followers, as subordinates, we get to see a perspective that the boss might be missing, right? And if you have that awareness of, wow, this would really help the boss out. And it's, a, it's really a service mindset, okay? I need to serve my boss. He's gonna take care of me. I, I don't have to worry about the promotion. I'm not focused on that. I'm not focused internally. I'm focused on, boy, the right thing to do is he is swamped, she is swamped, they're overwhelmed, they're getting barraged. I need to help them make decisions. I, I need to help take stuff off of their plate uh, and just get the thing done. And by doing so, um, you're being that, that servant leader, um, I think is a really important thing to, to, uh, to get across here in, 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 in helping um, anybody out. You can have the, the, the most junior person in the organization and they're struggling with something that you might have gotten through, a, a family issue, a financial issue. Uh, I don't really feel like I have the right skills to do something. Well, how do I do that? And, and that's where being a servant to different people uh, and being aware of what their needs are and, and putting their needs before your own uh, really helps you to be a very strong, effective leader. That's so good. So I want to change gears really quick. Um, you know, our motto is stand up, lead and protect, right? So I've always looked at you because of your, your life skills as an amazing leader. But I also think you bring a lot to the table in standing up and protecting. How can you incorporate, um, especially in what you do in consulting now um, for these amazing projects, how, how do you incorporate standing up and protecting in your workforce? Because you know what, what I think a lot of us hear when we hear stand up, lead and protect is that macho guy, that military man, you know, um, the friend of ours that is all about getting out there with guns and shooting stuff. Um, how do you incorporate standing up and protecting in the workforce? Yeah, in my uh, consulting business, and uh, I guess we, we missed over this a little bit. I'm a rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh, yeah, we can talk more about that later. But uh, the, the clients that I have in the aerospace and defense industry uh, in my consulting, they're, they're looking for folks that have insights that, and skills that they don't have um, from the industries that they're working and uh, how to do business, say, with the government better. Or, or uh, I, I work with a number of clients and we're developing uh, space-related technologies uh, for the commercial space sector. Uh, and, and how do you stand up and lead in, in something like that is you recognize what their needs are. And I, this, apply, this applies to any industry. You recognize what the needs of your client is. And you have a skill. You have a, an experience base. And you learn how to tailor that skill and experience in a service way to help them accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. 
it could be building the next greatest satellite system to help out provide commercial uh, internet services around the planet or um, or uh, GPS technologies or whatever that might be. Um, and uh, you want to do it to the best of your ability and you want to serve them in a way that honors their company, that honors the people who they are, develop the relationships with them uh, and uh, help them accomplish very effectively uh, knowing that they're paying you for that service to do that. So really it, it applies to any industry that you're in, not just the aerospace and defense industry. Recognizing their needs and bringing your best to the table. To absolutely. Serve those, to serve those absolutely. needs. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't talk about the whole rocket scientist thing just because I think one of the, your, your biggest achievements in my eyes really is the fact that this whole thing called GPS is, I'm not going to say it's entirely due to you because that'd be silly, um, but y you had a very important part in the whole GPS system. You know, can you tell our audience, um, like I'm giddy just thinking about it. Can you tell our audience the role you played in this system that we call GPS? Well, uh, first off, I want to make sure everybody understands that in any, any program, there is a cast of thousands that go into making, creating, um, and uh, flying and operating capabilities that, that support uh, our nation. Uh, and I was uh, blessed and fortunate to have uh, a, a brief period of my, uh, my career um, uh, being the number two uh, program uh, manager in the overall GPS program. Um, we had uh, over 700 uh, government and contractors uh, spread throughout um, uh, dozens of sites across the world. Uh, we've had multiple contractors that do amazing things to uh, design and build the capabilities. And, um, and it took a, a giant village <laughs> to be able to pull that off. And that's been working uh, since uh, the 70s when it was first created. Uh, and as you know, um, uh, it's not about uh, just uh, dropping bombs on target because every single thing we, we use in uh, daily life uh, depends on GPS and the, nav the timing signals because uh, we get worldwide timing from it as well. So we, uh, we, we uh, are delivering the gold standard in position navigation and timing for the planet. Um, with uh, over 35 uh, satellites on orbit, and we're always building new ones to replace them. And um, you know, it's a it's a over 30 billion dollar uh, constellation network with billions of devices all over the planet doing things. So uh, just very fortunate had the opportunity to be have a very small part uh, in that in that organization bringing these capabilities together. So that's crazy, you know. I, I've always loved GPS since I was in high school. You know, I remember my first Garmin and, and, and it was a handful of little dots moving around. It was so rudimentary at the time. But you know what? Our phones are going to go off any moment now. Ding, your Amazon package is almost on its way. It's three stops away. That's entirely because of the project that you were a part of. You know, so I, I just, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for your level of expertise your level of leadership and making sure that you were taking care of your boss's boss's problems so that we can get notified when my package is almost arriving. 
you know? <laughs> you bet. <laughs> well, you know, there's just so many other uh, technologies that have been applied uh, to that. Um, uh, a lot of uh, commercial airplane navigation has been improved significantly to get you from point A to point B. Of course, you know, the driving with your, your devices. I, I remember, you know, uh, years ago when I first got in the job telling my mom, Hey, you know, I'm working uh, for GPS and it's, you know, the thing that helps make your, you know, do your navigation with your phone. And she held up her cell phone and says, Oh, you guys make these? And I said, no, we, we make satellites that help those work. What? GPS is satellites? <laughs> and so I had to go into a little, um, uh, basic, uh, basic math of you need four satellites on orbit to solve four equations of longitude, latitude, altitude, and time. Um, frankly, the calculations that go on there are so much more all the way to relativity to help uh, understand and then the fact that the Earth isn't uh, circular, uh, a perfect sphere. There's so many different calculations, atmospheric densities and things that all go in the calculations uh, to give you very precise uh, timing and navigation. You're saying it's flat, right? Not circular, it's flat? Oh, no. We, <laughs> GPS, GPS would not work if the Earth was flat. <laughs> we would need a different system. <laughs> For all those conspiracy theorists out there. So, all right, well, we are short on time, and I want to continue this conversation with you. So let's just hold this off right here. So, Carl, it has been an honor for you to share your time with us. I'm really looking forward to finding out more about rocket science because it's just plain cool. Um, and thank you for sharing your info today about some leadership and what it really means in the workforce compared to where it was in the military. I think when you shared with me, it's really about recognizing people's needs and stepping up to those needs really hit home. And I hope it hit home for all the li listeners out there. So um, with that, Carl, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners before we leave? I guess there's one thing I'd, I'd like to, to, to tack on about the, uh, the leadership aspects. And um, uh, this is something that uh, was, was I, I became aware of uh, being in Israel last year uh, for a leader of the pack, uh, particularly, um, that there's a hunger out there for men to really want to learn how to be better leaders. And it was an honor to be able to be a part of that and have uh, folks like yourself, Marcelo, learn some of the things that I've learned uh, from the military and pass that on. Um, but, you know, I actually learned a whole lot more from all the men that were there. And if you really just stop and think about that, uh, an organization like Leader of the Pack, uh, where um, you need iron to sharpen iron. You really need a man to sharpen another man. And it's a blessing that we all have different skills and different levels of expertise and different ways of asking questions that, that we can hone in and fine tune and refine our skill sets and help each other out in a positive, honorable, and uh, intellectual and fun way. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, if if there are those out there that have any doubt about this uh, organization, I would say you really just got to come to an event and plug in and, and get to know the men that are there. You'll find that they're truly honorable, that they're, uh, uh, they're very respectful, and um, 
you know, they've got problems just like we all have problems. <laughs> we, we all have crap that we need to go through, but, but to have somebody that can have your back and to help you um, see a different perspective is truly an amazing thing and such a blessing. And uh, that, that really helps bring your leadership level up to whole new heights, uh, regardless of where you're coming in from with a leadership. I don't care if you're a CEO of a, a multi-billion dollar corporation or a four-star general coming in. We all have something to contribute. We all have something to uh, learn from each other. And it's just an honor and privilege to be a part of this organization. And thank you for having me on today. Oh, it's always my pleasure to chat with you, Carl. I really, I always learn when I talk to you. So um, folks, I hope you learned something new. I know I always do. So if, if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to our channel. You can also check us out on Facebook at Leader of the Pack. All the links are down below in the description. And I want to thank you for that listenership. Our numbers have been growing week after week, and it's because of men like you and women that are willing to share our message out and about. Be sure to like our Facebook page and ask us about our members only group. It's in that members only group that you get exclusive opportunities to chat with people like Carl, Natan, myself, and the rest of the gang that were team leaders this last year. So with all that, thank you very much for your listenership and we will see you soon. And remember, stand up, lead, and protect.